1: You have found the shanty pants show
0: people ask all the questions the box you win to classify your life with stroke of a pen take those old rules crumple them throw one mile we're burning that box right now
2: although i am most often recognized for my ridiculous comedic fashion and makeup tutorials on my social medias i also have a deeper side I have been learning, growing, and recovering so much in the last couple of years, and I'm thrilled to bring you along on my journey as I continue to break the mold that I've been living in for far too long. I'm so fortunate to have the privilege of interviewing some movers and shakers who are encouraging my healing process through sharing their own stories. I speak with many who have suffered through challenges I myself have been through, such as living in a cult, infertility, foster care, adoption, and mental health illness. I have experienced firsthand how the stories of others have impacted me in my journey of healing i'm honored to bring these stories to you all in hopes that you too can learn grow and heal and also to remind us all that we are not alone welcome to the shanty pants show
3: My name is Jordan Reed. I am, um, <laughs> I guess you could call me like an OG blogger from like the Wild West days. Uh, I spent 10 years being a professional liar, as I like to say, because <laughs> that's what influencers are, kids. And now I write a series of humor books called the Big Activity Book Series with the talented illustrator, Aaron Williams. Um, And I have a million other side hustles because single moms got to keep that, you know, keep the mediocre bucks flowing.
2: So why don't you start a little bit with telling us, I know you're, you started out with blogging and that seemed to go very successful for you. What were you doing before that? And kind of how did that transition or how did you decide, Ooh, I would, Feel like I need a blog.
3: Um, so I was uh an actress in in high school and then immediately post college, not because I was especially interested in acting. It just was one of those things that um I grew up in New York City and it sort of just happened. Like so got asked to audition for something. Um, and I don't think I ever truly enjoyed it. It was more like, huh. I guess this is what I do. And then, um, after a few years acting, that's my, my dog's toenails. Thank you. Um, after a few years of acting, I co-created it's always sunny in Philadelphia with my boyfriend at the time, Rob McElhenney and our friends, Glenn and Charlie. And then Rob and I broke up and, uh, that kind of dissolved, <laughs> we broke up like as we were waiting to have the show picked up, which means um brought to series, which is like a really bad time to go through a breakup with a showrunner. Um and I ended up not being on the show, spoiler. Uh and that was that was rough. That was a that was a kick to the to the old ego and and, you know, and Rob ended up marrying um, the woman who was hired to replace me. And I would see my ex and his wife on billboards everywhere while I like crawled to my HR job and slept under my desk. <laughs> um, so uh, and then I went out one night and I met um, a woman who called herself a professional life caster at the time blogging was not a career to speak of other than Prez Hilton or or whoever, or, or at least not that I knew of. And I quit my job shortly after, which was not something I recommend. And I was like, I can monetize this and I can make this a job. Um, and I did, which is, uh, fairly miraculous and also had a lot to do with, it was a combination of like profound desperation um, about what to do with my life and being in the right place at the right time, right when the, um, you know, marketing industry was starting to observe that this was a highly lucrative potential avenue for advertising. Um, and so very quickly, I had a manager and was making just obscene amounts of money Um, Or I'm sorry, not obscene, but to me, it was obscene coming from nothing, no money, money. Um, And that was just how it was in the beginning because nobody, nobody knew how to value these things. So, so people, so brands were definitely overpaying. And also there weren't that many of us doing this. So, And then the industry shifted over time, and I kind of saw that coming and was like, uh, this is not going to last because there's more and more and more people um, for the advertising revenue to be spread across. And also, getting older does not um, gel especially well with maintaining cultural relevance, alas.
2: Um, So there was that to contend with. the career shift into what I do now do you feel like during your season of blogging because I feel like you're a you're a real person now you said influencers are fake and uh but I feel like you're a real person now do you feel like during your blogging journey you kind of morphed into like expressing more of your like being more vulnerable I guess because I feel like in your blogging you're pretty vulnerable um thank you
3: Um, I, I remember when I first hooked up with the, the woman who, the life caster, she and her, it was like the three of us. And we had, um, a, a professional Tumblr account. (laughs) It was just a Tumblr account. And, um, (laughs) but I remember whenever someone would take our photo, she'd be like, put your drinks down, drinks down, drinks out of frame. And I was like, why? And it was all about maintaining this uh it was just full image based um meant to convey that we were like sex in the city-esque fabulous women around New York City when the reality was I was living in a fourth floor walk up with a literal hole in the floor and wondering whether I could afford coffee that day but that was not the image she um that was that the uh, life casting company wanted to project. So once I left that and started my own platform, which I called Ramshackle Glam, um, I actively kind of combated that um, and tried very hard to be very real, but there is a necessary, uh, basically over time, as the industry became more and more valuable to brands, you know, there were, uh, what's it called, uh, like behavioral clauses in my contracts. Like you can't, well, you can't like get arrested, but, but like, you have to essentially project the image that the brand wants. Um, so, so that's, I mean, and, and if someone's paying you, it's the same way if your employer says, please don't wear, you know, bikini to work, you're like, all right, I guess that's fair. So I tried very hard to be real but the, but it just the industry is not is just not set up that way. And and watching it and I've watched it kind of go in and out over time like sometimes there's a trend towards more real content. I think you're a great example of that. Um but then of course that you know and then it swings back in the other direction.
2: I know like part of what I feel like where you were very vulnerable is kind of where you talk about more, you know, a lot of the hard things that happened in your life. And uh, cause I had lo- looked at your blog and it is beautiful. And, you know, you. you definitely have all the aesthetics that is, are needed to have a blog like that, because I would definitely fail,
3: um, no, you think, but oh, it's beautiful. Thank you. But they, but I have to tell oh. you, manager, my managers were like, could you be a model? And I was like, but I'm not a model. And they were like, figure out how to be a model. <laughs> And they were like, your Instagram, you need to step up the aesthetic. I was like, but I'm not a photographer. And they're like, well, figure yeah. out. So I, there are women who do it very well. And I never really reached that level.
2: <laughs> well, it seems like you did very well. And it looks gorgeous. I mean... You know, I'm probably not. You probably shouldn't take that as a huge compliment coming from me, but (laughs) I think it is beautiful. So, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) I prefer your aesthetic. (laughs) Just saying.
3: Do you know the first video I saw of yours? I bet you can guess which one it was. It was the um, making a bento box video, where you're watching a woman create a perfect bento box, and the expression on your face is like yeah. the expression lives in my head rent free it does it's perfection
2: well you know it's it's how i think about things like those i you know i appreciate the beautiful people like you that are, you know, the aesthetic and the bento box creators and all the fancy people. I appreciate it because I think it's amazing and lovely. It's just not me. And so I do find humor in a lot of it because it's like, Oh my gosh, I can't imagine spending that much time trying to get ready to go. And you know, when I just up and leave, wake up and roll out of bed and go. Um, but even my, my husband will say like, you know, um, it's okay to look nice, <laughs> and I'm like, I oh, know, but it's so much work. <laughs> like, I have to really, really want to look nice, but I do know it's possible, and and that it is okay. But a lot of like, how I am with how I dress and makeup or hair or whatever is. Stems back to how I was raised, where it was very controlled how we dressed and how we acted and all the things. So I think now as an adult, I'm like rebelling against it, but in a different way. Like I'm not dressing all sexy and fancy schmancy. I'm just like, eh, t shirt and gym shorts. Because I'm choosing it. And I think that's important. It's like I'm choosing what I want to wear. Mm-hmm. So that just feels good. Whatever it is. And sometimes it's fancy, just not very often. So
3: I like that. I mean, it is I, nice to I, have the I, option um, at least. Yeah. It's like it's a, it's like an aggressive form of identity selection. Um, I actually have a funny yeah. story. My um my the illustrator, not my she's my personal <laughs> the illustrator and co-author of the big activity books. she actually used to troll me. that's how we met. She was a an internet troll uh, she's shes she admits this and she loved mocking me. That's one of our books, the big activity book for anxious people. and she told me later in our friendship she used to follow me on. And, like, post links to, like, I would do things like hollow out an apple and fill it with, like, salad. And she was like, who the fuck, excuse me, I can swear, who the fuck has time for this? <laughs> and I would, like, make sorbet and fill lemons. And she was like, what's with all the fruit being repurposed as bowls with this girl? Um, which... <laughs> I love about her. And obviously I don't do that in my real life. That's that's um that's one of right. those professional lies. That was the fake part. <laughs> yeah. I'm not hollowing out fruit my <laughs> spare time before pickup.
2: I think I like her. I think I need to talk to her. You, I think you do, yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's the part of your influencer life that's fake and But I think, I think what's important too, because social media is such a crazy place that we live in right now. And I think it's important to, you know, whether you're doing fake, fake fruit bowls and you're throwing it in the trash afterwards or whatever. uh, It's also sharing the vulnerable parts of your life, which again, I think you really did in your blog back, you know, when you were doing that more. And now through even your books, even these funny ones, like this one is my favorite, which is the big activity book for anxious people. So we will drop your books for sure in the show notes, but Thanks. which by the way, you have like a million books. So kudos to you.
3: Thanks. It's it, I have to like remember to appreciate that sometimes because my lifelong dream since I was like four- was to write. I always said just one book. If before I die, I can walk into any bookstore anywhere and see one book that I've. I don't even care if anyone reads it. I just want to have one and having. I actually don't know how many there are, which is such an exciting um, that it, it's. I, I do think it's important to occasionally step back and be like, yeah, I did that. That was cool. And, it, and it's fun with these books. Like you said, they are vulnerable um, in terms of, you know, Aaron and I both very much believe in, in normalizing the conversation, especially around mental health. We have the big fat activity book for pregnant people and normalizing like the hilarious weirdness that is pregnancy. Um, we have an anxious, like a, the anxiety book was adapted into the everybody gets anxious activity book for kids, which... It's so fun to have. I love having these conversations with my kids. Like, here's how I'm
2: crazy. How are yeah. you crazy? But I think it is, like you said, it's so important for kids and whoever, like for me, humor is such a huge part of my healing journey. So when you originally reached out to me, which is how we met, by the way, on Instagram and sent me one of your books, and now I have many Um I was just like, this is, this person gets me because like, I like the humor aspect of it, even though like there's awful stuff that I'm having to heal from and work on every day. It, if it's all like serious and uh, I'm not ever going to get out of that depression where these books are great because it's like these quick little, like, you guys have to check them out. They're hilarious. But it's these quick little, you know, you could do one page and it will like change your frame of mind a little bit. And like you said, it kind of normalizes the, you know, and this one, for instance, the anxious and the funny humorous parts that we can point out in it. And it's okay. It's okay that some of our, you know, insecurities and mental health issues that we might, you know, struggle with. It's okay if part of them are humorous and, and I love that part of it. So I'm so i i love i actually absolutely love your book and um also the illustrations are amazing
3: they say that humor is tragedy plus time and i really like or they say i don't know someone said that once and i love that it's true of course and and that is i i would say if there's a through line in all of our books and hopefully in in you know the blog which uh i don't update but if if anyone is interested, there's like ten thousand pages or something on there, um, and it, yeah. the the it sort of came to an end with. I went through a divorce three and a half or four years ago. Four years ago, and that was my favorite writing I've ever done because it was, and it's questionable as to whether this is healthy or desirable, but it was, it was like therapy in real time on a public stage. Um, and I found it for me, tremendously healing. And then sort of once I was done saying what I had to say about that, I realized that I wanted and needed time to just sort of exist without introducing any of the performative elements that by necessity come with writing writing for public consumption. Mm. Um, My therapist and I talk about this a lot. Like my tendency is to not write about things until I've resolved them in my mind. So all of these stories, even if they're difficult or vulnerable, they tend to sort of wrap themselves up and there's a little bow on the end. And it's like here, and it's like a Mm. little gift box of a story, which is nice, but not always how, <laughs> alas life works and i'm sort of in the non gift box story right. moment where that's just not possible and that's okay
2: yeah but you're using your gifts of writing in other ways which is amazing and i i i know you're not updating the blog anymore but i do think there's i love that it's still up and out in the world because there's so much value in it it's not just pretty there you're an amazing writer And there is so much value. And I actually did read um, your one when you got divorced, and it, it, you know, again, that's where I kind of feel like your vulnerability really came out. And like you said, maybe it was healthy, maybe it wasn't, but it gave you that outlet in the moment when you needed it, kind of. And I, I just think that you've found a, a different way now to share, kind of your words with the world without having to do your blog, which I'm sure is like exhausting as well to have to keep up with something like that.
3: Yeah, it's weird. It would be exhausting now, but it, at the time it was, it was like, uh, people, you know, I, I asked by young writer, by the young ones. Um, how do you, how do you write that much? And it's like, when, when you just write every day, it becomes, it becomes so much easier because you're not trying to find a voice. You have to write in your voice because mm. it'd be too exhausting to do anything else. Um, right. Yeah, but, okay. but um, yeah, not not writing every day now. I'm, I'm sort of out of practice, but I'm finding that I'm starting to become very interested in the um, the reality of aging for our generation, I guess, uh, we are the, mm-hmm. first, I would say the first generation that grew up with this constant optional, but constant scrutiny, um, where like the old ones who are seeing the filters, like 20 year olds don't need filters. We need filters. Um, and so, and so it's just a very interesting time to be getting into the, the real aging process and the invisibility that Ugh. comes with it. I've started having, you know, no, like you, you, the experience of not really mattering um, to marketing companies does unfortunately seem to translate into into life, and it and it is hard to to mm-hmm. feel as a woman in in particular uh, valid and valued. I think with the way that that
2: women who are past, you know, childbearing age do you think that's getting better? Like, because obviously you were a part of that world when you were younger and now you're aging, but do you think that any of that's getting better where like with advertisers or anything where the older mom, you know, us type generation has, I don't know, more of a chance or you're going to see more of that? Or do you not think it's getting better to where it's more accepted?
3: Um, I do, I do it's getting better we're seeing well just with the increasing emphasis on diversity in all forms um like there are grandmother influencers i find myself following fashion accounts of older women um and it's yeah like like that that is definitely becoming more out there i don't know though You know, it's still beautiful and filtered and perfect. So I I don't know know how necessarily healthy it is. Also, this is a self-selected community of people who want to be on camera and want to be in front of the camera. So it's
2: not like you're seeing like (laughs) real reality, so to speak. Well, and it is interesting because I have affiliation with some different brands and one of them in particular, it's very interesting because they started posting People's videos, and there's like a group of us. They've never ever posted one of my videos, and I don't have the fancy, pretty, like well thought out videos. Mine are like very well, you know what they are. So (laughs) it's very interesting, and I've been watching it lately, and I'm like, you know what? I might have to like unassociate myself with this brand because that's not what I'm about, and ultimately, that's why I was invited in the first place. And Mm -hmm. so I'm just like, it bothers me. I'm like, that's not fair. Like it's, it is, it is, it does bother me. And it's just been recently that I've been noticing it and I'm like, oh, I don't like that. That doesn't feel nice. So it's, I, I don't know. I can see what you're saying where it's, maybe it's getting better, but you know, I don't, it's not like, it's not like those of us that are normal and getting old and moms and crazy hair all the time are getting paid a lot of money to, you know, model or anything like that. That's for sure. Right.
3: No, one of my favorite Instagram moments as of late, remember the video of the three women who like, they're all in messy. You did that. Oh, you did this. They're all in messy mom buns and they flip their hair over. Oh, yes. And they <laughs> yes, and like, yes,
2: yes. Oh yeah. That was a good one.
3: You definitely did that, right? I
2: love yes. that
3: think that's hilarious
2: yeah that was a good one that was a good one and they're gorgeous and that's the thing people sometimes are will get upset gorgeous. like people just don't understand humor yeah it's like guys it's not like I think these people are terrible because they're beautiful. I'm just saying I'm not. Like I'm not making fun of them. They're just not who I am. I can still appreciate their beauty. I just am not. So you know, I'm not, but yeah, I get that all the time though that I'm making fun of people. It's like, oh, I'm just humorous, you know. So oh, have you noticed that the internet outside. is a
3: place for a lot of very upset people?
2: Oh my goodness! Yes.
3: Oh, oh my gosh! Everything. When I first started, there—well, there still is a website. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, called Get Off My Internets, GOMI. And they—they uh, they would write about me when I first started blogging every day, everything I did. If I got a haircut, I looked bad. If I didn't get a haircut, I looked bad. I was too fat. I was too thin. I was too, I, I, like literally anything. And it was very, very, very upsetting at the at the time. And I spent a lot of time really worrying about the impact that this um, blowback, if you want to call it that, would have on my um, income or ability to have a career and provide for my kids. And it's funny. I don't feel like people worry about that as much anymore. Like people have have a much better understanding of trolling behavior. And but at the time it was brand new and it felt vicious and scary. It felt like people in my house beating down on my doors in a way that I wonder if, if, if that still is how people feel when they're starting out. I don't know.
2: I feel like... For me, because this is a, you know, fairly new experience for me being kind of more of a, well, I don't even know what to call myself. But anyway, I, I was surprised at first when I would get like the terrible comments or, but then I'm kind of like, you know, people are rude, whatever. And I'd kind of laugh it off. What bothered me was when people would make comments about my kids and oh, yeah. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, that's not okay. These are kids. And like, my kids don't have social media and that's one of the reasons I'm like, I don't want you to see comments about yourself in here, but mm-hmm. it's, I do feel like it's better overall. And one of the things I've noticed, like in the comments at first, I used to like delete P you know, delete them and whatever. And now I can't really keep up with that, but now it's hilarious because if someone does like a negative comment and usually I don't see him, a friend will like screenshot them and send them to me, I'll get like all the people that like me backing me yes and they're like leave her alone she's the best and i'm like oh they love me so it just i feel like it is better overall like i don't feel i I don't feel affected by it every once in a while like there'll be a terrible it's Mm -hmm. more dms
0: hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news
1: Cause
2: I think people are even afraid sometimes to comment because they're so nasty. So it's sometimes those, but if I can like tell from the first sentence, I don't finish reading it and I just delete it because it it's not you, can worth tell, my time.
3: you can tell right away. Yeah. In the first couple words, you're like, yep. whoa, there it is. Um, it does self police for sure to some extent with, with readers being like, go away. Like, don't, don't do this. Don't yeah. talk about this woman, but the kids stuff. Yeah. I, uh, when I was pregnant with my first child was sort of when all of this was at its worst and they really went to town Mm. on me with what a bad mom I'm going to be. And that poor child, and she's (sighs) doing it for content. Yes. I'm doing, I'm having children for content. Um, And I had like a massive crisis about it because I, all I could think about was this child growing up, and reading all of this, mm. which is kind of funny in retrospect, because my son and I talk about this all the time. Um, and I, I'm not, I don't really want him to go on and like read comments because, you know, language and, and whatever, but it gave me an ability to talk to him about bullying or uh, bu- yeah, well, it me, it's bullying. It gave me a way to talk to him about it from a much more nuanced perspective because I've thought it through so much as an adult. And so I can say to him, look, here's someone who says that mommy doesn't have a job. This, this is one that I get a lot that always sort of, but like, I don't have a job and I'm supported by men, <laughs> which, okay, that would be great. Uh-huh. If any man out there wants it, wants the position, come at me. Um, I am tired, but, but, but I'll, I'll tell him that. And then we, I say to him, you know, why might someone say this to a total stranger? And he's like, Oh, because, and the answer is always that person feels bad about X, Y, Z. And it's always about them. Which isn't to say they're a shitty person. It's just say they're, they're struggling and they're lashing out at a stranger. And, you, and so he and I talk about having empathy for those people instead of lashing back because it, it has nothing to do with you. It, it, it virtually, in my experience, never does, ever.
2: And there is such a good lesson there um, because, like you said, it's, it's in our face every day. How old are your kiddos? 10 and 7. Okay. I have girls that are 8 and 10 and then an older boy.
3: Oh, your husband. I feel like you mentioned recently there you had something like people never see your husband like and had issues with that or something. What's going on there?
2: Oh. Oh, like him not being in any of my videos. Maybe something like that. How does he handle your um your okay. internet game? Oh. He handles it good. He was, he's, he's a lot more supportive now than he was, uh, because at the beginning, like we've been on a real journey the last two years, my husband and I, and so we've done a lot of like a lot of self-reflection, a lot of personal growth, us as individual people. So we're in a much different, amazing place now than when this kind of all started. So, at the first, he was kind of just like, oh my gosh, like you're weird. But I was getting to a place where I was like, I'm not going to care anymore. This is me. This is what I'm going to do. And now he's super supportive. Like, he's like, oh, you need to do live tonight. I'll take the kids out to dinner, like all the time. It's amazing. And it's amazing. I have such respect for you, single moms, because I'm there. Are days I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh, I can't even see those kiddos today. I love them, but I cannot see them today because this morning was awful. So I appreciate his help so, so much. And he's been, he even helps me with my job now because I've, I've have all these jobs now, I feel like. And so <laughs> he's been very, very supportive, but yeah, people online are always like, does he really exist? Do you really have a husband? So every once in a while I have to throw like a picture or a video yeah, with wow. him in it somehow just so people are aware of it. But every time I do, they're like, oh my gosh, he does exist. I'm like, yeah, he does. I wouldn't you be know, doing this by actually- myself. Or if I did, actually, no, I probably wouldn't be because I don't know that I would have the stamina and the energy or anything to be doing this and be raising children on my own. So kudos to you again.
3: Well, you know, it it did de- it definitely affected our relationship in ways that I didn't see while it was happening because uh my ex where he's my best friend. I mean, we're super super close and so we can talk through all of this stuff now. Mm. And I definitely I needed him because I my stuff involved a lot of fashion and he took a lot of he was very into her husband and I he seemed to enjoy it actually quite a lot and I think he did but there was also for sure an element of my life was the story and he uh, was the supporting character in this, on the site, which is how 99% Mm -hmm. of people who know me knew was viewed it. You know what I mean? So to anyone who read my site and, and it's just, it creates a very problematic or it did create a very problematic dynamic for us that that definitely prioritized my needs and i don't think it ended up being very healthy mm. for us but i i but i would imagine that's a dynamic that a lot of these people are confronted with I mean, just handing the phone. We went to the Renaissance the other day and I saw like a wall and I was like, how funny is that? That like, and he was like, I would have totally had to pull over to take your photo in front of that wall. And I was like, how good are you? You don't have to do
2: that. And he was like, pretty glad. (laughs) (laughs) Not my role anymore. No, boundaries. Oh, that's so... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, and it is, I feel like it's such a learning process. And, and I think it depends so much on personality too. Like my husband is very much not want to be in the limelight, doesn't want any attention. So he gladly is just like, "Mm, you, yeah, you do you and I'll be behind the camera. I'm fine with that. And so I think that works, but at the same time, The part where you were saying like prioritizing, it really is a challenge because there's days that I'm, you know, like, especially now with the podcast, I'm recording all day and then I still have my real job. So I'm trying to catch up on that. And then the kids get home and he's got to be dad because I'm doing my real work now. So Mm -hmm. it's, we're like in the midst of figuring that balance out, but I could definitely see how it could go awry because- it's, it takes up a lot of time. So Mm -hmm. if I, but so far he's been so supportive, but I'm more the one that has to remember like, okay, how much time is this worth? Like I need to, my family's most important. I want it to stay that way. So it's more me like having to remember that. And he's been, he's been very, I can't complain at all. He's been a huge help, huge help.
3: When your job is to some extent your life, there's also the bleed over of the the character, for lack of a better word, that you're playing into your real life. So when, you know, for us, it was like when we go to, I don't know, again, this is a while ago, but say we go to a cute park and I'm wearing a sponsor's shorts and he's taking photos of me. Am I frolicking Mm. with my children adorably because I want to? Or because he, because I need to. And I think that I don't know that that's something that you necessarily with, with what you do. I don't know if that's something you run into, but I definitely was aware of the extent to which it was all very intertwined in a way that it had to stop for me, essentially, or especially as my children grew older, there had to be more of a delineation Where I was like, I'm doing this for my work. And now I'm not, as opposed to when they were younger, it was just kind of like, sure, all the time,
2: you know, I think that is so like, I'm a night owl. So that saves me because if I have to do editing or anything, I stay up late and I do it at night once the kids are asleep. So I think that that does help with a lot of that. But Mm -hmm. it is funny that you say that because like, I even think about like going out to lunch or dinner with the family. I'm always thinking, and even though I'm not like the influencer type, I'm always like, oh, well, this would be a good picture for my stories, mm. you know? So it's like, everyone mm. needs to know what I'm doing every second of my day. And I do have to just like chill out sometime. And and I'm not like naturally the take pictures of everything I'm doing, but I've, I've seen that side of me kind of grow as I'm doing this. And so I I just have to remember, like, that's not really you. So chill out. And if I feel like it and the family's in the mood or whatever, of course, we can take a picture and post it. But it doesn't need to be happening all the time. So it, I think that's a, a balancing act for sure is figuring that out.
3: But your mind has to be there all the time because if it's your job, it requires so much constant generation of content that I felt, I was like, my mind right. is literally, if I'm having dinner with you, uh, I am like, boop, boop. Like my, everything is going all over the place thinking like, where's the story? What's the photo? How can I do this? And, um, and, and when yeah. that's your livelihood, you, you kind of got to do that. And my kids nowadays, a photo of this dinner i made the other night because i was like shit i didn't post anything to my instagram stories today which who cares and they were like mom you don't have to photograph your food nobody cares and i was like yeah that's probably true
2: (laughs) (laughs) that was a pretty good dinner oh my gosh. (laughs) I, was like, like, for yeah. me, it would be like I actually made dinner. I am going to take a picture of it. Has White
3: Claw sponsored? No.
2: You? No, no they have not. We yes, we're in a relationship, but <laughs> no sponsorship yet. You've done some other stuff besides just being an author. You have such a like wide array of things. You've have you you've been on t- some TV shows, right? Because I know you had the big one that didn't work out. But didn't you host yeah. some TV shows?
3: I do. I've, I have will. The actress stuff. Thank you. Uh, sort of. <laughs> the actress stuff was you know, a while ago, but um, I hosted, I had a couple of seasons of a show called Jordan in the House, which was fun. It was like a home okay. decor kind of thing. And then I did some shows for Allure magazine, um about my beauty routine which is hilarious because it's been the same for like 30 years so it's just the same thing over and over um and then I did my favorite I did a show called Trash House for FYI which was I spent nearly a year in St. Louis built Well, not building, like coming on camera and being like, I built this and then going home, which is how TV works. Um, That's how that's how those home renovation shows. Like like they'd hand me a hammer and I'd be like, phew, that was exhausting, you know. Um, But it was a very cool project. And we built an entire house entirely out of Reclaimed or discarded materials, which was awesome, and then now I have a a news opinion show, which is kind of funny, um, where I where I let the world know my um, my opinions about about the news because because people need to know. Yeah, they do. Yeah,
2: yeah, they do. I know. Very important.
3: There aren't enough commentators. There was there was a slot open.
2: Yes. I'm glad you filled it before I snuck in there, you know, that would be scary.
3: Another white woman with opinions. <laughs> to my bosses, my boss is famous. I'm very grateful for the opportunity and I love it. Don't fire me.
2: So how are you doing now in your life? You're a single mom raising these kids and you are, what are you currently doing? Are you writing still? Has that been your main uh, projects that you've been working on?
3: Um, so how I'm doing emotionally or business wise, um, business wise, uh, yes, I have two books that are currently in production. There's a companion journal for the pregnancy activity book, and then a companion journal for the, uh, anxiety activity book coming out next year. We just released oh, the big activity oh. book for teacher people, which was really exciting because that. especially after 2020. Twenty and twenty twenty one, where I think we all realize that teachers are essential workers and should not be given mugs anymore um, or candles from Bed Bath and Beyond and/or home goods. Um, and emotionally, I, I've been on like a pretty interesting journey with sort of putting together all the pieces of, you know, past trauma and how that has. Mm come out through anxiety substance abuse um depression and it's and sort of i feel like i'm in the matrix and everything is like Mm. like it's all like this big spider web coming together and of course it's all my parents fault um (laughs) as everything is Um, it's nice to have someone to blame is i went to this thing um this week-long retreat which is very much not a thing i ever saw myself doing but there you go where it was like they take your phones they take your computer you can't even have books the first night they have they have us literally beating burlap sacks screaming at our parents and i was like you guys are insane Get me out! And I was literally, literally in a corner, huddled in a corner, and saying to one of the coaches or therapists, and I was like, "I'm sorry, this I am get me out of here! Like, book me a ticket! I'm oh like, this is not my my jam." But then I, you know, I was paying, and I might as well give it a shot. And the thing right. that they teach you, <laughs> they very expensive. The thing that they teach you is essentially. Everyone is guilty and no one is to blame. So sure your issues come from probably childhood a lot of stuff from your parents or from childhood traumas. But that but there but your parents are dealing with their own traumas and their own childhood issues. Right. So the whole point of the program was teaching you empathy for the struggles your parents have dealt with. And letting go of mm. resentment towards them. So it was, it was, you know, really helpful at the end. Uh, it was also insane, but, wow. you know, d- d- insane and helpful aren't yeah. necessarily um, distinct from right. each other. That was um, right after a short, no, like a year and a half after I got divorced, I decided to fall um, in love with someone after like two days And he was madly in love with this of course. And then Mm. it turned out he was, I don't want to overstate it, but he was on the psychopathic (laughs) spectrum. Um, And he had like a MO where he would do this like crazy thing to multiple women who I, it was very crazy, but um, I sort of had in my mind decided that the divorce All of any, like everything had all led up to meeting this man and now everything Mm. was fixed. And so then when he broke up with me in like a pretty terrible way, I was, I was almost more shattered than I had been after the divorce because it felt like,
0: Mm.
3: oh, like the, like it wasn't, it wasn't because I needed to get divorced. It's not about, and, and, you know, Unfortunately, that's, I think, part of the journey of the the next half of our lives is figuring out
2: how to fill those holes yourself. I think it is so important. And even aside from divorce, like because this last two years has been a journey for me, is just taking that time to realize for me, it's been realizing that so much from my childhood is still impacting my life today. And for so long, I'm just like, Oh, ah, it's fine. There's no big deal. Like, nah, it was, mm-hmm. eh. and now realizing, Oh wait, I do have to go back. If I want to be a different person today, I do have to go back and dig in and do some work. And I think so many people don't do it because it's hard. It's really, really it's hard. So and and for people like you too you're a single mom i think that adds a whole nother element of how hard it is because it takes time and alone time and so i appreciate that you're doing that for yourself and i think ultimately it's so important for me at least for my kids you know i don't i want my kids to see me as a healthy person mentally and um and to see me improve, you know, I think that's okay. They're getting older and they're going to hopefully see me growing for the rest of their lives too. Cause I don't want to stop now that I'm, you know, starting. So.
3: Totally. And I think, I think a big thing is the difference between love and dependency. That's something I'm focusing on trying to sort of pick apart with my kids right now. Um, like mm. I am not their problem. Like they don't. It's not their job to give me to fill my holes. You know what I mean? Like they they can love me, yeah, but yeah, but it's not like my son wants to. He's he's ten, but he like you know like we we're very snuggly, and so at night he's like, do you do you want me to sleep in my room or do you want me to sleep in your room? And I'm like, no. you know, I all mikasa sukasa, but I don't want you to feel like you have to come snuggle with me for me. Like you shouldn't feel like right. my emotional well being is your your problem, I love honestly. That. Yeah. And that was that's a that was a big realization. I think I, especially in the wake of the divorce, look to my kids to be that support system, which is clearly unfair to very small children or anyone, really.
2: Thank you for my therapy session today. <laughs> I know, no, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I've taken a while responding because I'm processing that in my head right now. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, we're still recording. Uh, but that was, you know, I've never honestly thought of that exact point And I absolutely love that. And I think it just goes back to like, we, where we have to take care of ourselves, we've got to figure out, you know, if we are looking for validation from our kids, or if I'm looking at my kids, you know, to make me happy or unhappy, because that's what I'm thinking about when I'm processing, as you said, that is like, okay, there's definitely times where I'm like, oh, I was having a perfectly fine day until you came in and did that. I mean, not like I would say that to them, but in my mind, and it's like, wait, no, 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 that, that, no, that has nothing to do. Like I get to choose what my attitude is, despite what type of attitude they come home in. And so, so yes, thank you for the therapy session as well. And to bring it back around to like, um,
3: I think that, uh, a lot of what I sort of have been realizing in this, this moment of the journey is that I've, I have like a fundamental sense of unlovability that has driven, um, mm. well, everything from m- partnership choices to career choices. You know, it is not a coincidence mm. when one gets into an industry that results in, you know, theoretically public collapse. It's not. And and when yeah. when you can you can manipulate that and you can filter a photo, you can um only photograph the pretty angle of your house. And that gives you a sense mm-hmm. of control over how how other people perceive you that I, I think you hope results in approval at its least and love at its most. And so that's my next book, I
2: think. I
0: actually do want to
2: write it. I I would like to read it. Um, Okay. I have a couple of rapid fire questions that I ask everyone at the end because I, you know, have to do that. Uh, Do, what is a book besides yours? I mean, you could use one of yours, but you have so many uh, that you would recommend for others to read.
3: Um, Fleischman is in trouble is one of the best books oh. I have ever read in my entire life. And the reason it resounded to me was it explained the predicament of the, uh, specifically the working mother in a way that I had not read before. Mm. And it was like, I mean, my brain exploded. First of all, it's an amazing, it's just like a really fun, oh. like awesome, unputdownable book. But I read it and I was like, oh, the system for working mothers is broken. It's broken. And it's, which isn't to say that working mothers have it harder or easier or anything other than single mothers. It's just that, or I'm sorry, non-working or work from home. I'm sorry. Stay at home mothers. How's my English today? It's just a completely different
2: thing that needs to be treated as a completely different thing. Oh, well, I'm going to have to read that. Okay. And then what's the best compliment you've ever received? the best
3: compliment I've ever received. Um, uh, someone once told me that she would describe me as a bag of pop rocks in a Chanel purse. And I was like, huh. I don't know if that's, I like it. I'm okay with it. Um, I would, I would, I, wouldn't I, say it. Chanel. I would say like knock off, like, you know, knock off free people, but sure. Sure. Take that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is a good compliment. That's was, that's the best one I've heard so it, far. It, that's great. It gave me a little lift. <laughs> and it left an impact. Obviously, you still remember. I think I was just mostly
3: astounded that I, you know, that I had some high fashion in me. I was like, all right, <laughs> I'll take it.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, this has been so much fun. I appreciate you coming on and chatting with me so much. And I am very much looking forward to your new books. Especially that one we were just talking about. I can't wait. So, thank you for bringing your story to us and and also this wonderful therapy session because now I'm going to have to go journal. And so just thank you so much for being here. I really, really enjoyed having you.
3: Thank you. I adore you. Keep keep making funny videos. I
2: love them. Thank you so much for being with me for another episode of The Shanty Pants Show. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Jordan. Please check the show notes for all the information on where you can find out where to get Jordan's books and all of the information about her, her blog, all the things. Thanks, guys. Thank you all for joining me for another episode of The Shanny Pants Show. I really appreciate you guys hanging out with me every week. You can find all of my links to all my social medias, anything your heart desires at shantypantsshow.com. You can even find my amazing merch is back up and running there. And you can email me from there. All the things. All the things. Also, you always ask, how can you help me out with this whole podcast situation? You can subscribe to my podcast. You can leave reviews. You can share it with friends. I appreciate it all. So I am super excited to bring you guys the rest of the season. It's going to be amazing. And I'll see you next week.